Oh, y'all in for a treat this morning. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor, that good-looking person next to you, and say, good morning. <laughs> Tell them, uh, strap in now, because the bald-head preacher is here. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Fox Valley. Isn't God good? And I want you to help me thank God for our pastor, Pastor Tom. Can we do that this morning? Thank you, brother, so much. And thank you for sharing this preaching place. I come to encourage the men of God and the woman of God and all of you, God's children. I bring you greetings from Wheaton College where Jesus is Lord and King. Amen. I have the privilege of serving there as the seventh chaplain of this wonderful, wonderful school. And so I came to preach the gospel this morning. Amen. Are you ready? Yes. Do you love the Lord? Yes. Then there's only one requirement when you hear black preaching. You got to talk back to the preacher, all right? And I'll cue you when to say something just in case you don't know, all right? If I say, can I get an amen, that's your cue to say what? Amen. All right. Let's pray, family. Father, thank you so much for this incredible day you've given us to preach your word, to worship together, to be under, under the great throne of heaven. Thank you so much for the Fox Valley family. Thank you for breathing on us today. Would you give me now preaching power and preaching permission that preaching may be done and give these your saints ears to hear what the Spirit says to the church. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In the gospel according to Luke, Luke chapter 10, there's a very familiar portion of scripture there, and it'll be on the screen for you there. I want to talk from this title today, Choosing the Good Part. Choosing the Good Part. In Luke chapter 10, verse 38, hear the word of the Lord. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister who was called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Family, I don't know about you. But I've come to discover in these 60 years of living that life is much about making choices. Choices that will ultimately affect and or impact the outcome of our journey. We've all have choices. Choices that'll bring us joy and some that'll bring us sorrow. Well, Martha, our sister in the text today, is in a ministry season of choices. She had a great ministry idea. She wanted to throw Jesus a party and invite all of his disciples to come to her house. 
Then when the day of the party came, she got stressed out about all the things that came along with the ministry of hospitality. Martha thought that serving was what was most important to Jesus. And because of that, she missed the good part. And I want to unpack this sermon today for you. I want to unpack it because I think some of us in this new year, in this new ministry season, may be tempted to take on the Martha mentality and think that doing for God is more important than being with God. That's a good place for an amen right there. Now, I'm concerned for us today. I'm concerned because if you're not careful... We might end up with a Martha mentality in January and it carry us all the way through to December. So in this message this morning, let's look at three things. Let's look at Martha's invitation, Martha's irritation, and Martha's information. Y'all going to help me preach today? Amen. Amen. Good. Y'all doing real good this morning. All right. Verse 38, if you open your Bibles and leave them there, the Bible says, Now it happened that as they went, he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister who was called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Beloved, when we come to this first pericope of the text, we get to see that when Jesus arrives in her village... Our sister Martha extends an invitation for Jesus to come to her house. She lived in a little village called Bethany. Now, this decision tells us a lot about her. What do you mean, chaplain? Well, first of all, it teaches us that she had a willingness to serve others. For this rabbi, Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, had 12 students or men that went with him wherever he traveled. Secondly, it teaches us that the act of service for Martha's budget was going to be a costly event. Thirdly, we can learn that not only putting on this event was going to tax her, but she would have to clean cook, and cater the company in a short amount of time. Come on, ladies, say amen right there. This meant, first of all, she could be inconvenienced. This meant she could be relied upon. This also meant that she has some skills sufficient enough to minister to Jesus and the disciples. This was important. This was no normal dinner guest. No, this was the Messiah, the one who gave sight to the blind, the one who gave hearing back to the deaf, the one who defeated devils, who walked on water, who fed the multitudes with a few fish and a few loaves of bread. This was the Emmanuel coming to her little village to dwell in her little house. This was no subway event. Come on, talk to me, somebody. No, 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 no. What she had was a wonderful ministry opportunity. And this caused her, no doubt, some stress. Why? Because back then, hospitality was one of the main ministries of sisters in the Middle East. To host somebody was to display and to reveal how you were raised. 
what you were taught and what you valued in your home. Scholars say that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they were a family, and they all lived together. Martha, being the eldest, was probably in charge of the whole home. So this invitation, when she gave to Jesus, it was really the family saying, would you come and dwell with us? I like this right here because I believe it's a good thing to invite Jesus into your home. I thought I lost my amens right there, Pastor Tom. I believe it's a good thing to have the disciples come to your home. I believe it's a noble thing to have a home ministry. Many of us on Sunday morning leave Jesus at the church where we found him. I know I wasn't going to get no help right there. <laughs> so it's good to have a ministry from your home to the master. Martha's invitation to Jesus ought to be all of our invitations. In this new year, how many of the disciples will you have in your small group? In this new year, how many of you are willing to give Jesus access to every area of your home? So I asked the question, if he was going to be there at 1 o'clock today, would you have to leave out of church early to go clean up some stuff? Mm. Thank you, brother. Amen. Is there anybody here today that can say, Jesus is welcome in my home? Is there anyone here today that can say Jesus and the saints are welcome in my home? Is there anybody here that's unashamed to have Christ come and dwell with you? Sit at your table, walk around your crib, look in your fridge. Come on, talk to me, amen. And do life with you? If you can answer yes, then you're prepared for a portion of the ministry of hospitality. In 2024. Well, we've looked at Martha's invitation. Come here now and let me show you Martha's irritation. The Bible says in verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, Jesus, tell her to help me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Some sister understand what I'm talking about this morning. When you come to this portion of the text, you get to see a change in Martha's attitude. What do you mean, chaplain? Well, it was during the party that she got distracted <coughs> with much serving. And when she got distracted... She got irritated at her sister, and she went to tell Jesus on her. <laughs> oh, you're talking about telling God on your neighbor, huh? That's funny. Well, I believe Martha gets irritated at her little sister for several obvious reasons. Back then, number one, women in the culture did not have the opportunity to sit at the feet of rabbis and learn. So when she saw Mary doing something that the culture didn't approve of, that made her upset. Secondly, she got irritated because as a family unit, it was all of their responsibility to be serving and to do a great work 
for the master. Third of all, she got irritated because service had become her focus and not sitting. Did you catch it? I know she was doing this to honor him, but somewhere along the line, it was no longer about Jesus and became all about Martha. Stay with me, family, because in her irritation, she then confronts Jesus. What? Yes, the one she invited to her home, she now confronts. And she accuses Jesus of not caring about her and all that she had done. Here it is. It became all about Martha instead of Jesus. Can I turn the light on right here? That's a black preacher's cue to say, yeah, yeah, Reverend. Martha's irritation in ministry and service, it came to her because she took her eyes off of the one she said she was calling to serve. And she put it on herself. And here's what I want to challenge you with, Fox Valley, this morning. Ministry irritation will always come to those servants who make the ministry all about them instead of the one you say you've been called to serve. I didn't need no amens. I brought a pocket full right there. Let me tell you why. Churches do this all the time. We say God called us to this zip code. God called us to serve this demographic of people. And then right in the middle of doing what you say God called you to do, you get irritated at the ones you said he called you to serve. How do I know? I'm guilty. My little church I pastored in California, I prayed, God, let me minister to the homeless population. We had a huge homeless population in the Central Valley of Fresno, California, and he dropped us right in the zip code. And before I knew that I had homeless people living on the parking lot and all over, we were serving them, feeding them, caring for them. And one Monday after Sunday, I came to the church, Pastor Tom, to check in. And right in front of the door, there was a homeless brother laying in front of the door. I said to him, brother, you can't lay here. This is the front door. This is where people come in and out. He didn't move. I said, brother, you got to move, man. You can't lay here. He didn't move. Finally, I said, listen, man, you can't lay here. You got to get up. And he jumped up, and I jumped up. I'm letting y'all in my closet this morning. And you know what he said to me? Are you going to hit me? You the pastor? And you going to hit me? And I said, no, man, I'm not going to hit you. You can't lay here. I love you, and I don't want you to be here. He said, you don't love me. You don't know nothing about me. You know what happened? The Martha mentality. The very thing I said I heard the Lord call me to do, I now became irritated with it. Have you ever been there? Have you ever prayed for something, then got irritated about what you prayed for? I'm coming down your road, so watch out now. (laughs) You know, you had to have a woman. Gave you a wife, and now you're irritated. Here I come, ladies. You had to have a man. He gave you one, and now you're complaining every day. You wanted children. God bless you with some children, and now you're irritated. 
at the very thing God has given you. Won't irritation creep up on you? Come on, I'm hunting for an amen right there. Why did I say that? Because the Martha mentality runs deep in humanity. One minute you're asking God to come, use you, and the next minute you're complaining about the very thing you asked for. Well, we've looked at Martha's invitation. We've looked at Martha's irritation. Let me land the plane now and show you Martha's information. The Bible says in verse 41, and I'm almost through, Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, daughter, you're worried and you're troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, and that's not going to be taken away from her. Family, thank you for listening this morning. Thank you for loving our Christ and being a faithful witness in this portion of God's harvest. When we come to this portion of the text, we get to see Jesus give Martha some divine and practical information about herself, her service, and her situation. You see, first he calls her twice, Martha, Martha, why? In order to get her attention, to say, focus on what I'm about to say to you. Secondly, he says to her, your mind is troubled, and it's worried about many things. And what Jesus does here is explain the reason for her irritation. She was irritated because worry and the what-ifs of life had taken on her thinking. You know these two, don't you? She was worried about this and worried about that. And then she was pondering, what if this goes wrong? And what if that goes wrong? And all of these things caused her to be troubled about what she had asked the Lord to do. She forgot that she invited him to come so she could serve him. And now she's troubled, worried, and irritated and wants him to do something to fix her situation. Thirdly, Jesus says to her, Martha, one thing is needed. Somebody say one thing. And here it is. And that thing, Mary, your sister, has chosen the good part. See, Martha, I'm not going to talk to Mary and make her join you because she has chosen the best of this invitation. I'm not going, I'm not going to, to make her do what you're asking me to do because she's chosen the good part. I'm not going to make Mary come and help you. She's chosen what's best for her. Here it is. Martha, it's better to sit with me and be blessed instead of being busy and stressed. Oh, that felt good. Can I do another one? <laughs> it's better to sit with me and be blessed instead of worried and stressed. I got two more. Can I give them to you? It's better to sit with me and be blessed instead of irritated and stressed. It's better to sit with me and be blessed instead of serving and stressed. Let me say it like this. There's only one thing that's needed, Fox Valley. All the beautiful things we do, and that one thing Jesus is talking about here is himself. Don't do ministry this year without him. 
We're North Americans. We know how to do church. Come on, talk to me. We can build a building, plan a program, do this, do that, and be running around here like chickens with our head cut off. And never once thinking about sitting with Jesus. Here it is. Let me say it this way. Don't put serving Jesus over being with Jesus. Don't, put, don't make serving Jesus all about you and your preferences. Don't make what you do all you do. Can I get an amen right there? Don't be consumed with doing a good thing that you forget the good thing. Don't make doing something for Jesus get you irritated. If you get irritated after doing something for Jesus, your motive is off. Don't make giving, singing, preaching, serving, helping people about you. It's about Jesus. So if you got to choose between one or the other, choose the good part. If I were you, I would choose to be with him over being seen doing for him. If I were you, I would choose to be with him over being too busy for him. If I were you, I would choose to be with him instead of being irritated for him. Here it is. If you're too busy doing stuff for him instead of being with him, baby, you're doing too much. You're doing too much if you don't have time to stop and pray with him. You're doing too much if you don't have time to worship him. You're doing too much if you don't have time to sit under the authority of the word of God being proclaimed. You're doing too much if you don't have time to hear God speak. You're doing too much if you're irritated at what others are not doing because you're doing the most. You're doing too much if what you're doing is making you troubled and worried. You're doing too much if what you're doing is making you act like Martha. I got to leave you now. But let me encourage you. Choose the good part. Can I tell you why? His name is Jesus. Choose Jesus. Because he will satisfy your every need. Choose Jesus. Because after your works are done, he'll still be there with you. Choose Jesus. Because it's not about what you are, but about who you are. Choose Jesus. Because when your labor is over, he will still long to be with you. Choose Jesus because he's called you to live for him, serve for him, preach for him, sing for him, love for him. And when it's all over, you will have held on to the good part. Hold on to the good part this year. It's going to get rocky. You're going to need Jesus. Hold on to the good part because he'll help you in a COVID-19 world. Hold on to Jesus. The good part. He'll be there when all the stuff is gone. Hold on to Jesus when the White House is acting up. When the crack house is acting up. When the jailhouse is overflowing. 
when there's no cures in the sick house. Hold on to Jesus. He'll get you through. Hold on to Jesus when you think life don't matter. Hold on to Jesus when injustice has a foot on your neck. Hold on to Jesus when trouble has you surrounded. Hold on to Jesus if cancer shows up at your address this year. Hold on to Jesus. Why? He makes all the difference in a sin, sick, broken, and fallen world. Baby, you're going to need Jesus. Hold on to the good part. Why? He's a difference maker. Hold on to the good part. Because he makes a difference between success and failure, life and death, good and bad, righteousness and sin. He made the difference in my life long time ago. You see, one night on a hill outside the city of Jerusalem, Jesus, the good part, was stretched high, dropped low, and out on the old rugged cross, he took nails in his hands nails in his feet, a crown of thorns on his head, a spear in his side that I might be redeemed. This little chocolate boy from Los Angeles, California, he saw me before the corridors of time, lost, involved in gang activity, reached down into a jail cell in Los Angeles, California, and saved me. That's the good part, baby. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the good part will be mine forever. Are y'all listening to me? He's the good part, and I'm going to hold on to the Christ with everything I got because only what you do for Christ will last. He died, didn't he die? He was buried in another man's tomb, wasn't he buried? But the good part is it was early Sunday morning. With all power of heaven and earth in his hand, God the Father raised him back to life, and now he sits at the right-hand throne of God, making intercession for all of those who love him. And you missed your amen, but that's the good part right there. Come on, say amen. Amen. Choose this day what's important in 2024. Choose this day. In this next moment, we're going to remember the sufferings of our Lord's table. I want you to meditate now. What's important this year? What is some stuff I can get rid of that I've taken my focus off of Jesus in my marriage, on my team, on my job, in my ministry? I've made it all about me. What's important? Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Our Father and our God. It's moments like these the beginning of a new year, you give us a special grace to pause, to reflect, and then, Lord, to repent. We come this day to tell you we're sorry. Sorry for those areas that we've made all about us. Lord, we took our eyes off of you and put them on other things. Would you help us today as your children but to focus on the good part, to keep our eyes on you and to cherish the moments you give us. Lord, help us not to be too busy to study your word, too busy to pray with you, too busy to worship you. 
because we're doing all this other good stuff. Help us to make you, the good part, our priority. We're sorry. We're sorry, Lord. Forgive us. And then help us. Help us to, to draw closer to you in this season. Thank you for Jesus' words to our sister today. Choose the good part. Thank you for your table now. Thank you for meeting us here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.